Hello and welcome into the Harvard Hoops podcast. This is episode 86, 14 episodes off the 100, which is uh, is crazy to say. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and as always, I'm joined by a very, very happy co-host after a holiday. It's Ben Jones. Yes, nice to be back, nice to be home, although I had a lovely time away. You're recharged for basketball now. Yeah, that's it. Well, been managing to catch a bit while I've been away, actually. Bit of Olympics, three on three, full court. It's been beautiful. Yeah, it makes a change from watching uh, NBA games. It's nice. I did feel a little bit after two very close back-to-back seasons. I'm not tired of the NBA, but it was getting a little bit, a little bit long. I think everyone needed a break. I think the Olympics with uh, different teams and and watching teams like Nigeria try and fight out for wins. Germany playing way better than we thought. Uh, three on three, which is fun. I think it was kind of refreshed everyone a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. That three-on-three game is so quick. It's, um, yeah, it's incredible it to watch. Yeah, a very specialist type of basketball, but it is uh, it's fun to watch. And then it comes at a time now where we head into... We are, we are recording this, by the way, Wednesday, night before the draft. Uh, so the draft is tomorrow. This episode will be not draft-related at all. Um, but it comes, we've got the draft. And then the reason we're doing this episode is because Monday, uh, free agency starts. This is going to be our free agency primer uh for all you listeners but i just think the next week or so maybe two weeks is going to be crazy and then probably the next month in terms of trade rumors is going to be massive as well so it's a fun time fun time for the nba Uh, and that leads us nicely onto our first bit of news which actually is a trade ben uh a trade that we both quite enjoyed actually when i text you it we we both are fans of it so the grizz uh have sent jonas valentunas the number 17 pick for this year uh, and the 51 pick for this year uh, to the Pelicans. And in return, they get Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, along with number 10 for tomorrow night's draft and also number 40. So it basically means uh, that the Pelicans shed some salary cap that they kind of, they did make their own error. It was it was them that got this cap in such a bad place, but they managed to shed some. Uh, they've swapped picks, moved back in a draft that's quite deep. The Grizzlies have moved up and, and rumours are they're trying to move up again now. So they've clearly got someone that they're targeting. Uh, and also, I think the Pelicans get Van Tunis, who, who maybe is a bit of a better fit next to, to Zion Williamson. So, first of all, what are your uh, overall thoughts? Oh, no, sorry. Memphis also get a f- another future first as well. So Yeah, via the Lakers? Yeah, so that's next year's first. So, probably a late, well, be a late first one at 25 onwards, you'd probably yeah. think. So, overall, what are your thoughts on the trade? And then we'll do some, some winners and losers. I think this is a great trade for both teams. Um most things I've read, most people I've spoke to says they, they're kind of erring on the side that they think this is better for the Pelicans than for anyone else. Yeah. Um, but I'm potentially erring on the side that I think, personally, it might be better for the Grizz. Although Valanciunas has been an absolute beast and probably their most consistent player over the last two seasons, um, I don't think they're giving that much up in getting Adams in return. Uh, he's not as good offensively as Valanciunas, but defensively, he's probably just as good, um, especially in the system that, that Memphis play in. Um, and they've also got Bledsoe, who I don't think they're going to keep. I think they're going to flip him for more assets or um, a higher draft pick because they could trade him in the 10th to somebody and maybe move up again. I don't think they're necessarily finished. So I, I'm really good on uh, Again, like I said, for both sides, it's great that the Pelicans are clearing cap space. My only issue is who are they going to chase and who's going to go there to fill that cap space? Um, So we'll see with that one. But for me, Memphis, I feel like I've come out potentially on top here. Yeah, I do sit on the other side. I do sit on the the Pelican side, I think. Uh, I think getting rid of those contracts uh, is good. Rumours are, well, this is a free agency pod, so we'll talk about it later, but there's a certain target that they are aiming for to pair next to Zion. Uh, and also they do have Lonzo on their books, who's a restricted free agent. So they might want to also try and try and retain him. But yeah, I just think it's good to get out of those contracts. I love that Hughes' fit for this season. I think he'd be great. I do agree with you that the Grizz will definitely move Bledsoe. Uh, I don't know if it'll be draft-related trade or maybe future picks or maybe a better sort of fitted player for the system. But I do think they'll try and try and move Bledsoe. But yeah, it's just a strange one. I was reading on the ringer that Memphis are a team that we don't really know where they are. They're a team that are on the play-in and they're looking to get to the next step. And I don't know if Adams and just say they managed to get to number seven with the Warriors, Adams and the number seven pick really moves this team that much forward for me. So I'm not sure. But I do love it for the Pelicans, I think. 
the cap space will be vital if they use it. If they don't use the cap space, uh, then the trade looks very different. I think we'll know more in about seven days uh, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of who they get. And I like the fact that Memphis did get a future first. They clearly are going to be able to use... They could use Bledsoe, the future first, and the 10th to move up if they wanted to in this year's draft. I think someone like the Magic might be willing to do that and, and move back in one of their positions. But we'll see. But all the rumours point to the Grizzlies uh, trying to trying to move up again. So for me, if I had to do one winner and one loser, I think I think Zion Williamson's a winner. More catch space. I think Jonas is definitely a better fit than Adams next to him. Uh, and then loser, I'd probably go David Griffin because he actually signed these guys and then has been forced to trade them and lose assets because of his own bad decisions so that'd yeah. be a winner and a loser for me what about you yeah no um i think the winner here could be um Jaron jackson jr i think they'll yeah. really commit to him so it'll double down on him and his playing time yeah uh, um and yeah I, I probably agree with you the loser there david <laughs> being the guy to sign this kind of all these guys uh, and get these trades off the ground and put together this team that had too many moving parts, I think, to try and contribute to a full roster. So maybe he's maybe he's sorted it out now. Maybe this was his grand scheme all along. Yeah, he's managed to win a trade, but after making an error that me- meant he needed to do a trade. So uh, <laughs> it's a strange position for the GM, but uh, hopefully the Pelicans can turn things around a little bit now. We'll see. The free agency for them is going to be Interesting. And then the only other last bit of news I had in the intro that I had to drop because I'm wearing his jersey as we speak. Uh, Lucas scored 48 points in a 40-minute Olympics game, only playing 35 minutes, uh, and that's the second highest of all time in the Olympics. So Olympic Luca is the new Olympic mellow, and I'm here for it, and and I love it. (laughs) It is incredible. It just highlights how good he is. Um, Because he's playing with no one either. (laughs) Yeah, we know how good he is in the NBA we know he's great and stuff but this is just like another level good he is literally controlling not just the pace of his team but the pace of the opposition as well he's in control in complete control of both teams it's incredible to watch yeah I think for this upcoming season uh one of my mantras on the podcast because we we do have a couple of hills that we live and die on as uh podcast hosts I think I'm just going to say that Luca's the best basketball player in the world and that's coming from KD fan so when we do our top twenty, I think I might have Luca at one. I just, I mean, yeah, I, think, I prefer it to having KD at one. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I might that might be a hill I die on. I, I did tweet that out and got some stick, which is always fun. But <laughs> we'll see. Luca plays Japan tomorrow, which could be another incredible game. Uh, and then he has Spain on Sunday to, to see who wins the group. So it's going to be a fun week for for Slovenia. Uh, but right, that's all the news we have. Let's get on to the free entry then. So first of all, a little brief overview. Um, I think the strength of the class is pretty weak. Uh, John Hollinger said it's probably the weakest class in, in the last six seasons in terms of depth of star talent. Uh, it also, the, the, this year, a lot of the stars have player options, so they might not even hit free agency, which I think kind of does make the class even worse if they do accept the option. If they decline the option, obviously the, the class would get stronger. Uh, and then in terms of cap space, something that's obviously vital, uh, this year is a bit of a weird one because a lot of teams do have cap space, but there's not loads of great free agents. It's, it's a bit of a weird year. It seems like a lot of teams are going to be doing one-year deals just to try and get through to next year, where the, the free agency class next year is absolutely incredible at the moment. So top projected cap space at the moment is the Knicks with 51 million, the Spurs with 49 million, OKC, which I can't believe they've actually only got this, uh, 37.5 million after paying Kemba Walker, the Mavs have got 35 million. The Raptors have got 23 million. The Grizzlies have got 22 million, even after that, those trades they did. Uh, the Hornets have got 20. The Heat have got 20. The Cavs uh, and everyone else is on minus. So they're going to have to kind of renounce some players, trade some players, and or release some of their free agents. So those thing, numbers can change, but uh, at the moment, they're the top team. So there's a few teams with, with quite a bit of money there, and probably teams we'll talk about a lot going forward. Uh, and now let's get into the players. So first of all, Ben, let's start with some some kind of reasons why free agency might be a little bit quieter than we thought. So we'll start off with rookie extensions. There's three players likely to get extensions this offseason. We've got Luca, Trey and Aiton. I guess Luca and Trey will get the full max five years. I think Aiton will as well, but I think Luca and Trey may also get a year kind of player option. So they'd be signing a four-year with a one-year like Tatum did. Whereas I think Aiton, yeah. because he's a centre... I think he'd be clever just to sign a five-year deal because you know what centers are like. Things can go very wrong in the NBA. 
So uh, what are your thoughts on those three? You don't see any issues with those three getting deals done? No. Like you said, I think Luke and Luca and Trey in particular are the, the big names. They're going to warrant the max contracts, if you will, like the most they can get. Their teams are going to want to hold on to them. And I think both of them want to stick with their respective teams as well. Um, Aiton, I don't believe he's worth kind of quite max money yet. I don't think he's quite proved himself to me. There's a lot of development still to go there. But he's going to warrant a decent amount of money, that's for sure. And he's probably going to stick around at the Suns as well. So I think these three are pretty straightforward. Yeah, all signs from the Phoenix beat writers do point to eight in signing a full max just because of how well the playoffs went. Uh, and I guess that is the actual only unfortunate part of when a player does have a, an incredible season after a, a couple of more average ones. I think that he's so young that they're almost forced into a corner now where they're going to have to pay him. But uh, it's nice to see those picks do well. If you're a Kings fan, you hate it because the other player that's due an extension is Marvin Bagley. And yes, that's just not, not ideal for you if you're, a, if you're a Kings fan listening to the pod. Uh, cool. Well, our next segment then, so it's trades. There, There's loads of trades that could happen and we haven't got really got time to name every single player, but we've narrowed it down to five. Uh, obviously, again, this will affect frequency because some teams with a lot of cap space are going to need to try and make these deals to absorb the cash uh, or other players are going to be traded and potentially released for, for more free agents. So first of all, we'll go through each one. Uh, we've got Dame Lillard, mate. Uh, rumours are he doesn't necessarily want to trade now. Um, there's a lot more kind of positivity that he will give the franchise this off-season. And then if they're not winning and they haven't done the things that he's asked them to do, which he blatantly asked them to do in a press conference, which I found interesting, um, he's maybe giving them one more chance. So what are your thoughts on Dane? Do you think there's any chance he could get moved in the next couple of weeks or months? Um, no, I don't think so. I think as a franchise, Portland need to hang on to him for as long as possible um, and try and move basically every other thing they have, including their furniture, just to kind of do something to help them out, put all their eggs in one basket and just sort of give it their all because I think this is going to be their last chance. I don't. I think if, if they're not in a position to win by the end of the season, I think he's, he's, he's out of there. So they need to do everything seemingly possible to get to sort of keep Dane happy. Yeah, and that, that will actually include trades and free agents. I think yeah. they will need to make moves, uh, which they can't really do without trading and releasing players. So I do think they're going to have to be flexible. Um, but I am on your page. I do not think he'll be traded this offseason. I think he could get traded at the deadline at mid-season. Uh, yeah. That's the earliest, but I think most likely it would be straight after next season. Uh, I think that I think that is the most likely, similar to James Harden, where he asked. I know James Harden dragged it on, but he did initially ask for a trade quite early in the offseason. I think Dame could probably do that, and Portland would probably play ball uh, and also probably get more than Houston did for Harden, to be honest, just with the, how it kind of all went down. So, yeah, I'm with you with that one. Uh, but I do think Portland will be a big player in uh, making some moves to try and, try and keep them happy. Uh, next player, then. This is a player I actually do think will get traded. Uh, again, it could be into the season, but I know we're talking about free agency, so hopefully it happens sooner than that. Uh, Bradley Beal. Rumours are that he's now a little bit more um, accepted of a trade. Uh, the franchise are more willing to help him be traded at some point just because they've seen he's been there 10 years now, I think, and they've seen his loyalty. And the rumours are they would try and facilitate a trade to where he wants to if he actually does ask for a trade. Now, he hasn't officially asked yet, but there are signs pointing that that could happen. The Warriors heavily linked. Um, I believe that Philadelphia were also linked and and Miami as well. So in terms of compared to Dame, I think Beal's much more likely. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> and I feel like he does need somewhere. He needs a fresh start. I think Washington have tried and injuries and, and bits and bobs. It's never really worked there. Um, this could be a good point in time, especially while the East and the West are fairly strong across the board. This could be a, a good time to kind of commit to a rebuild. Um, you might come up trumps when both sides kind of die down a little bit. Players get older and and teams get slightly weaker. Um, and they could get a lot for Beal. And ultimately as well, that causes the tra- chain reaction in terms of if they trade Beal away, Westbrook's going as well. So they could get in a ton of assets here at this point in time, just moving those two players. And long-term, it could be the best thing for them to do. 
Yeah, definitely, and it'll open up a lot of money as well if they if they manage to do it. Um, and rumors are, like I said, those are the teams interested. Uh, Warriors are heavily interested, according to all reports. So apparently, that it's the only star that they see that could be available that they'd be willing to trade for. Um, apparently, they're not interested in Dame, which I understand. To be honest, Beal is a much better defender and can play a lot more off ball. Whereas if you've got Dame and Curry, you are going to share the ball handling a little bit more. I think Bradley Beal is a bit of a different kind of story with that one. Um, and I think he probably costs less as well than Dame, to be honest, which is a factor in all this. So, yeah, I think Beal will get moved. I would hope it's to the Warriors, but I would also love it, to be honest, if it was the 76ers or the Heat. And if it was the 76ers, Ben, that probably means Ben Simmons would have to go the other way. So he's the next one on the list. This is different to the first two, because this is not uh, a player that necessarily other teams are desperately wanting. This is a player that I think the 76ers are more inclined to try and trade themselves rather than listening to offers. So... I'm under the idea that Simmons definitely gets traded before the season starts. Uh, do, do you agree? Yeah, I think he goes. As much as I want to see Beal on the 76ers, I don't see... I see him going to the Wizards and the Wizards maybe flipping him quite quickly. I don't think he works there. Um, he needs to go to a team... He's going to go to a team with some superstars that... Uh, need a defensive presence because we know that he struggles offensively offensively in crunch time, which potentially could be someone like your Portland Trailblazers. Um, but it just depends on whether they're able to facilitate that or to, um, I don't know, to, to be able to make that trade happen. But the, realistically, he's going to go to maybe a smaller kind of up-and-coming franchise like a Sacramento Kings that might give up like a buddy healed something like that yeah I do completely agree on your point about uh, about Ben Simmons there's other rumors as well that some bad teams could want him like the Kings teams like that um, which I just don't know if they're gonna have enough assets I think 76ers still want to make a good trade they don't just want to trade Simmons for like five average players you know so I think he's going to be the, the most interesting uh, free agent of them all to be honest uh, sorry most interesting trade candidate of them all I just think there's so many teams that could get him, but who's going to cough up enough? I think it's going to be the uh, the issue with that one. Uh, and that leads me on to the last two names, Ben. So I've got Zach Levine and Pascal Siakam. One player who's got two years left on his deal, another one's got one year. Siakam apparently isn't as happy in Toronto. Levine is happy in Chicago, but he wants a, a huge contract. So do you think either of these two players could leave? Yeah, definitely. The more and more I hear about Toronto, it seems like they're kind of gearing themselves up for a bit of a rebuild which is a bit strange after signing Van Vliet to that big deal. Um, yeah. But maybe if Siakam goes, maybe Van Vliet goes as well. Because um, there you know, are teams looking for point guards out there. I think Siakam can be a real asset to a lot of teams, a lot of kind of teams that need a small ball, kind of power forward or centre. Siakam could be perfect for that kind of second to third man role spot on for him on another team um, and I think Zach Levine also needs to kind of get out of Chicago I think he's a bit wasted on that team at the moment the, the performances he's been doing the past two seasons um, warrant more than kind of places that Chicago is coming they, they definitely had a bit of an improvement this year but they're a long way off where Zach Levine wants to be yeah I think I do agree on Siakam that a lot of the reports are he's not happy himself. So I do wonder why that is, what's happened behind closed doors. Uh, and that he did struggle with the idea of living away from, from family and friends in Toronto this year when they played in Tampa. So, yeah, I do wonder. I, I would be kind of... I think I'm more confident that he would get traded. Uh, again, I think teams will try and want to do it over draft night, which is, like I said, tomorrow. So that would be an interesting name. I know the Warriors were linked before. Uh, it seems like the Magic could do with a player like that. I just... I don't really know where Siakam's going to end up. But in terms of Levine, I don't think he'll be traded. I'm on the other side to that one. I think he'll sign the largest possible contract. I think he may sign it this offseason so they don't have to worry about him being a free agent next year. I think he could sign an extension. I don't think I necessarily would do that if I was him. But uh, I think there's a chance he could just sign the Supermax as well. The Max, if they offer it to him, a five-year Max. But we'll see. Um, I think as a team, they made the Vooch trade. So they're, they're very much win now. So if you let Levine go... You'd you, you definitely look silly as a franchise. But yeah. if he refuses to sign, then you may have to trade him because next summer he could go wherever he wants for, as a free agent. So 
Uh, I think it'll all depend on how these contract talks go uh, over the next couple of weeks and, and maybe next month or so. But we'll see. Definitely interesting one. If I was a Bulls fan and we traded for Vooch and then traded Levine, I would just feel like I was the new magic. So I would uh, yeah. not be quite happy with, uh, with, with that outcome. Um, but cool, they're all the players that we think can impact people's cap and uh, and trades uh, for, for the offseason. That leads us on to who are actually free agents. So broken this down into a few categories. The first one is max money. So which players are free agents that we think can make max money? And the list is very short. It's just one player. Uh, it's Kawhi Leonard, even with an ACL. We did see after Durant's Achilles that teams are not going to shy away from paying a top five player uh, max. And I don't think that's any different. He does have a $39 million player option. At the Clippers, so if he opts into that, he would not be a free agent till next summer. Um, a lot of repo- uh, reports and rumours now, kind of indicating that maybe he will stay at the Clippers. Uh, there's other rumours that the Heat and the Mavs will try and offer him as much money as they can. So, what what are your thoughts on this one? Do you think firstly he accepts that option just for another year, or do you think he'll be looking to sign something bigger just with a bit of a health concern at the moment? I think he opts in. I think he gives it. Um another season at the Clippers and then takes it to free agency next year. Um, especially since he'll be rehabbing quite a lot of this year. Because um, I still think even after this year, he will still be worth a max contract. So he, I think he will get that wherever he wants to go next year. Um, so why not take that slightly bigger player option this year, re-sign in with the Clippers perhaps get some playing time in the playoffs at the end of the year and then get another three or four year max deal somewhere, somewhere else if the Clippers thing isn't working out. So I, I think he'll opt in. Yeah, okay. this one I struggled with. I, I think he will opt in as well, but I do wonder if he opts in just because the amount of money he gets this year is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then he could opt in, but actually extend. So you are allowed to opt in and extend. So he could opt in now, which is one year. And he could add a three-year extension and make it a four-year contract if he wanted. I think that's one way they could do it. Because um, if all signs are pointing that he wants to stay, he wants to live in LA, wants to be there long-term, I just think that whilst you've got an ACL and you're not quite sure how you're going to come back, I think signing a long-term deal makes sense as a person. Sure. Uh, and we do know he's had big issues with injuries before. So, yeah, I do wonder if he'd do that. The only reason I don't think he would do that is if he's got a promise from a team next season that he likes, whether that's Miami Heat, which is similar in terms of he could fly from from his home in San Diego to Miami, or he could live in Miami, which is a nice area to live. That, that, that's one that interests me. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I, I'm more leaning towards he will opt in, but I think he might opt in to extend. Whereas I guess, like you said, you think he might opt in to basically see how the Clippers do and, and give them a yeah. year to prove to him that they can do the things they need. Um, but my worry would be that that would be without Kawhi in a year. They might not even make the playoffs. So <laughs> I don't know. If I was the Clippers, I'd be desperately trying to sign him. Uh, and that's the other side of it, isn't it? I think if we were both Clippers GMs, we'd be offering him as much as we can just to keep him because I don't think you can afford to lose him after all the effort you've put into this team. Absolutely. Um, cool. Well, that's Kawhi then, the only max player on our board. Uh, now we're going to move on to the best unrestricted free agents. Uh, we've got three here, like a top three list. They're all guards as well, funny enough. So I wonder if that's going to impact... Uh, any money they all get. Let's start with another player, the player option. So Chris Paul, he has a 44.2 million player option, which is bigger than Kawhi Leonard's. Uh, Again, rumours are he could opt in and extend. He could opt out to sign a three-year deal, or he could leave and sign a three- or four-year deal elsewhere. There are rumours that some teams would offer him a max, but I didn't want to include him in our max category because I think he's more likely to go to a contender who can't necessarily offer him a max, but will offer him like three for 90. Um, but yeah, I think he opts out of his 44 million, which sounds crazy to be honest. A few years ago, that never would have happened. But I think at his age, he wants to sign a four year deal and one last contract. That if he falls off a cliff in two years and he's not as good player anymore, he's still got two years worth of money. Whereas now, if he opts in and gets injured, he may never get another contract uh, again. So I think he opts out, but only if he's got promises from whichever teams he, he likes for, for a three or four year deal. What are your thoughts on, on CP3? Yeah, the, he, he's a tricky one because there's a different rumour every day. Uh, he wants to say the Suns, he wants to opt in, he wants to go to the Lakers, he wants to go so-and-so, he wants to go so-and-so. It, it's really tricky to nail down exactly what I think Chris Paul's going to do, but I am erring on the side of he opts out and he goes to a real contender 
takes whatever money they can offer. Um, but over a longer period of time, like you said, a three or four year deal, maybe a four year with a player option or something. Um, a, because he is aging. Um, so these longer contracts are going to be few and far between. And B, he's got those few injury concerns. So the longer he can have some money rolling in, even when he's injured, the better. And lastly, he wants to win a championship. That is his main goal. I mean, he's paid his dues. He He's played for OKC for a whole season and made them a playoff team. He's played for the Suns for a whole season and made them a championship contender. So it's time to do something for Chris Paul. Yeah, if you had to guess right now, if it was just just Phoenix versus someone else, how confident are you that it would be someone else or or Phoenix, like like the field versus Phoenix, I guess? I am sixty five percent the field. <laughs> oh wow, thirty five percent Phoenix. There you go. Some good maths on the show. To be Thank honest. you. Um, yeah, what do I think? Uh, I'm more confident than it's Phoenix. I go seventy thirty in the favour of uh, in the favour of Phoenix. I think, uh, but I do think it's what I said earlier. I think it's a three year deal. You know, three for a hundred or something. Uh, I do wonder if the last kind of eight games in the playoffs, maybe or six games, maybe give people some kind of caution because before that everyone was all in. They get could get four for a hundred and twenty, but I think that maybe the injuries and age caught up with them a bit and maybe they'd offer them a bit less. But yeah, I think I think Phoenix, I said all along the Knicks, but when they got into the playoffs and he's so close to Monty, I really think he's going to find it hard to leave. So yeah, I'm going to go Phoenix, but I don't think he opts in. I think he makes them pay him for, for three or four years, which basically means this team for Phoenix that we see now will be the team for the next four years. They will not be able to to change much if that was the case, but but we'll see. Um, so two more guards then on this list. These are complete for agents. No player options here. So we have Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley. Let's start with Kyle Lowry. Uh, in terms of rumours, um, the Raptors look less and less likely they're going to be able to do anything. Uh, I think they'd want to sign him, but that doesn't seem to be the way it's going to go. Um, and the rumours are that the Mavs are interested, the Miami Heat are interested, the Clippers, Lakers, 76ers and then finally the Pelicans and there's a lot of thoughts that that Pelicans trade could have been to open space to offer Kyle Lowry a max and they would be the only team that would probably offer him a full max at this point so I do find it interesting if they're going to do that the other teams are obviously much closer to a championship I think the Lakers would have to trade a lot of pieces and it would be very difficult Clippers again it would have to probably involve trading Paul George so I personally don't think they would do that and that kind of leaves the the Mavs and the Heat who could also and the 76ers who could afford him uh, either with one trade of Ben Simmons or one trade of Josh Richardson for the Mavs. So where do you think Carl Lowry is best suited? What sort of team? Uh, and do you have any favourites out of that list? Um, there's a couple here that I quite like the kind of the look of, or the the kind of feel for. Number one is the Mavericks. Luca needs that bit of help there. He's not going to... Um, win a championship with the players he's got around him currently. And I feel like Kyle Lowry could be that kind of secondary ball handler that's going to take the pressure off him a little bit, can hit some big shots, um, really consistent and a great defender. I think those two alongside each other could be really formidable. Um, so I think that's a great option. Um, I think Miami's fine. I, I think he gets on well with Jimmy Butler, but I just, I don't know. I just, don't see it for some reason. I don't feel like he has quite a pull there. Um, the Lakers, I think, only happens if um, DeRozan goes there as well. I think that would be the clincher. If those two can sort of reunite on that Lakers roster, then if they can, obviously, if the Lakers can do enough to get it done, then that's potentially where he goes. Uh, but I think the number one option would be Philadelphia, his hometown. Uh, rumours he was going there last year. Embiid needs that that help. Uh, again, they need another ball handler, especially if Ben Simmons goes. So I think going to the 76ers is probably his number one aim at this point. Yeah, yeah and if he does that, that'll be via sign and trade, basically. Uh, and that does seem to be a common story. You read any expert across the NBA, they think sign-in trades are going to be crazy this year because a lot of teams that need players don't have cap space. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of average teams that have cap space. And then a couple of contenders that are like, for, for example, Miami and Dallas are basically rumored to be going for every player the same as each other. So uh, there's rumors that some teams could try and do sign in trades. And I think that's how the 76ers do it. We'll talk about him later. But Danny Green's a free agent that they could re sign and go over the cap. And then they could trade Green and Simmons to Toronto for some sort of package for, for Kyle Lowry, which could make sense. Um, but yeah, that's why we included the trades earlier, just because teams like the 76 desperately want Kyle Lowry. There's no way they can get him. And same with uh, if LA or Matt or LA or LA want him, they have to trade someone else. So it could be a sign-in trade. I personally love that fit. Uh, I am a little bit... I, I actually think Miami's more likely than you're saying, just because he is apparently best friends with Jimmy Butler. Uh, and they've got, like I said, the space to be able to do it. What sort of money do you think he will command? I know John Hollinger in his report reckons he could do 25 to 30 million a year. Do you think that's too much for someone who's 36? Or would you be happy paying that if you were one of these teams? Um, it's, he's, on, he's on about 30 as it is, isn't he? And he's 35. So I, I would be looking 20 to 25, I think, is a reasonable amount for a Carl Lowry. Um, he is still a fantastic player, but... At 35, how much longer has he got producing those kind of performances that we've seen in the past couple of years? I don't think too many. I think he's slowed down a lot already since they won the championship. Um, he's also had a couple of injuries sort of plaguing him a bit. So uh, I think going to a team where he's got some help around him is definitely what he's going to need. And I think, yeah, 20 to 25 is about right for Carl Lowry. Yeah, this is going to be the problem with him because there's rumours that Miami could offer him 25 a year for three years and he gets to join his friend, he gets to compete, he gets to play with him and Bam uh, and Tyler Hero and try and win the title. However, a team like the Pelicans could literally offer him what is the max. I think a max for Carl Lowry is like 37 and a half a year. They could offer him 37 and a half a year for four years if they wanted to. And then you've got to decide basically between 75 million or 136 million, I think the max he can earn is. And that might get to a point, even though you've, you're have you older and you want to win a title, you look at that and you're like, how can I turn down $50 million? You know, I think that that's what the Pelicans are going to try and do. That's what the Knicks are going to try and do. They're going to try and offer these players huge contracts to try and entice them away. So we'll see what happens. I think Lowry already having a title is going to be a key factor. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'm gonna, I am going to go with Miami. Uh, I'd love to see him in Dallas, but... Miami's been a long-term link and he hasn't really got any connections to Dallas and I don't know enough about it but a lot of people love say living in Dallas is amazing the tax situation is obviously great but I still think Miami is Miami and uh, Jimmy Butler is is a close friend so I think I, I would lean lean towards that and uh, next we have Mike Conley this is a little bit different uh, the Jazz apparently wants to do all they can to re-sign him it probably means they have to trade someone whether that be Royce O'Neal whether that be Bogdanovich or, or unlikely to be Ingles uh, or Clarkson, they're, they're the players that could be on the way out to be able to afford him. I think they're already 25 million over the cap as we stand before signing Mike Conley. So if you sign Mike Conley to 30 million, which is apparently what he's after, uh, you'll be over plus the luxury tax. So you could be over 95 million over the cap for a team that have never been over the cap for like 30 odd years, I think. So that's the only problem. They're trying to trade someone allegedly to be able to afford him. They want to keep him. Uh, and the only other main suitor linked is Dallas, which makes, makes me wonder, uh, is that why the Jazz are frantically trying to trade people? Because they know that Dallas could offer him 30 million a year straight away and he wouldn't have to wait around to see what the Jazz do and if they can trade someone. Um, so the moment it's looking like Jazz versus the Mavs. I know there's another rumour about the Knicks, but it's not really a solid one. So what do you think Conley does? Do you think that he... He does get traded. And also, if you're the Jazz, would you want to trade one of those players just so you can sign Conley? Uh, or do you think they're more important than Conley should be the one to walk? Um, <clears throat> I don't mind the Royce O'Neill if they can make something work there. Sort of a, a trade in, in that respect. But you don't want to be giving up Bogdanovich, I don't think, personally. Um, like I said, certainly not Joe Ingles. And Jordan Clarkson was so good for them off the bench last season. It, it feels difficult for them that they would let him go as well just to sign Mike Connolly back when realistically they could probably survive without him and maybe get a vet point guard to kind of 
handle the ball a bit more, slightly cheaper potentially, or in in a trade. Um, also, it depends on what Mike Conley wants to do. Is he going to stick it to his guns at that thirty million, or would he stick with the Jazz and sign for potentially like a lot less, but a longer term contract, just to make sure he's got money in for the next couple of years, or maybe like a three year deal with a couple of player options in there difficult to call uh, or like you said it could all just be kind of a way of stopping the Mavericks getting that extra kind of ball handler in um, he would definitely suit the Mavericks as well um, they, they need that secondary ball handler like we keep saying so and if he can get the money there then why wouldn't he go there over sort of the Jazz who probably aren't going to offer him that amount, amount of money because they want to kind of don't want to go too far over that luxury tax and, and the cap space. Uh, difficult one to call, but perhaps he is the one that goes to the Mavericks and fills that ball handling option for them. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I think it would be... I think they'll try all they can to, with the Jazz, but I don't think they should just do some trade that's a lose-lose for them just to sign Conley. I think if you can get a deal that... whichever They, they must already know which player they're willing to trade, you know, or two players. They must have that that decision made if they want Conley, which is the rumours they do want Conley. Uh, but if you don't get any offers for the players you want to trade that are worthwhile, I don't think a, a clever organisation should just let them go because they want Conley. I think it's a bit of a risk-reward then, isn't it? You could then maybe sign someone who's a much worse player but could be, just be a bench point guard. And then, obviously, Ingles comes back into the starting lineup probably. Um, yep. or, Clark, or Clarkson, but most likely probably Ingles. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he could sign for the Jazz be honest, if a trade happens. But I'm going to lean towards Mavs as well. They just seem so interested in Lowry and Conley. And I think if the Heat get Lowry, then I think the Mavs will, will, will try their best to get to get Conley. Um, what are your thoughts about Conley next to Luca? Because uh, I think he's arguably a better offensive player than Lowry. But yes. I think defensive-wise and maybe leadership-wise, he's not quite that level. Because Kyle Lowry is known to be just an incredible leader, isn't he? But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Mike Conley has lost a step defensively. Back on that Grizzlies team sort of heyday, defensively that team was just yeah incredible. He's definitely lost a step in his in his age, but the way he can run a game, um, you're right. His offense is really really fluid. It's really really nice, and um, I think it could really relieve the pressure from um, Luca and from Porzingis if he, if he does stick around. I'm not convinced he's going to, but. Um, it could he could go and from the kind of jazz perspective if Conley does go there's quite a few free agent point guards floating around especially when you look a little bit deeper into this kind of free agency pool this year that they could easily pick up to be a ball handler and take some minutes off of your other guards that you've got on the team so I, I wouldn't be overly worried if I was the Jazz and Conley kind of left because they they played very well without him for a long period of time when he was injured. Yeah, yeah, they did. I do wonder if they could get sneaky with it and ask Dallas to do a sign and trade. Maybe they could try and get them to include Jalen Brunson, who's only going to make $4 million this year and have him as their backup point guard and then maybe a future pick or something. Um, I don't think I'd rule that out, but... But yeah, there's definitely a couple of options. I think they'd only have an 8 million mil to be able to spend unless they do a sign and trade, but... But we'll see. I think they need a guard. But maybe if they make can't trade and they have to let Conley go, then they go for a, a cheaper option. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see on Monday. Probably about five five minutes past free agency opens. We'll probably know about most <laughs> of these players. That seems to be the bloody way it goes. And yeah. this year, this year it's on a Monday, not a weekend as well. So I think it's midnight our time. Our phones notifications are just going to be full of woge bombs. But uh, that is the life we live. Uh, cool. Next, let's move on to our next category. So these are players that we think get more than maybe the average NBA fan would think. So we'll start off with Rashawn Holmes, Kings Center. Um, Kings are actually 8.3 points better off per 100 in terms of non-garbage time minutes possessions with him on the court than they were with him off the court. Uh, that's actually one of the best out of all centers in the NBA last year. Uh, he's amazing at scoring in the paint. He was the fifth best forward at scoring inside the paint last year in the NBA. Basically, the Kings can't re-sign him uh, unless they trade Barnes or Heels. I know they're trying to trade both, if not one or the other, before Monday. 
But again, if they can't get a deal done, they can't sign Holmes. And if they do get a deal done, Holmes still may may want to leave. Rumours are if Dallas can't get a point guard, they will go after Holmes. Uh, apparently the Hornets really like Holmes and so does the Knicks. So Hornets and Knicks, two teams that can pay him a lot of money. What What are your thoughts on Holmes? Is he the sort of player that you think, as bad as this sounds, needs to go for a huge contract just while he's he's kind of trending upwards? before he worries about winning titles late in his career? Or you think he should go for the best team possible, maybe less money after being stuck in Sacramento for so long? Um, I think you'd probably go money at this point. Um, so, so if in the Hornets, who've got 20 million space. It's a great spot because they're also in need of a centre. So he's yeah. going to get playing time. He's going to get good minutes there. Um, I think that's a really nice fit for him. So, and the Rap- Raptors as well. But that's another team we said all last year needed a centre. And they both got 20, 23 mil. So I think he could get I think he could get a good payday, to be honest, from those guys. Yeah, he, he could easily warrant sort of a 15 million for three, four years um, from one of these two teams on a, on the kind of upswing that he's on currently. So um, very interesting to see where he ends up. But he's definitely going to a team where he's going to get consistent playing time with better teammates and in a better run organization yeah and he could just sign a two year as well a 20 million dollars for a year for two years second year maybe be a player option uh, and he could do it that way if he really wanted to but we'll, we'll see i think john honger's report had him earning between 16 and 19 million dollars a year so sat average is about 18 there for, for him so uh, quite well paid and again if a team offers you 20 million a year for four years, it's hard to turn that down, isn't it? If you're a player like Sean Holmes, I think so. Absolutely. He's going to be an interesting one. I like him as a player. Uh, we don't have loads of amazing centers. Well, we don't have. We have loads of amazing centers, and we seem to have loads of bad centers. And I think the fact that he can kind of fit in the middle there is quite rare in the NBA. So I think he'll yeah. have a. He'll definitely have a market. Uh, next player then, Duncan Robinson from the Miami Heat. Uh, shooters always seem to get paid, Ben, as uh, Joe Harris told us all couple of uh, years ago uh, and in terms of Robinson he's made more three-pointers than anyone in the whole league apart from Buddy Hill and Damon Lillard over the last two seasons and he's the seventh highest three-point percent shooter in, in the NBA so he's a dead eye from three uh, he shot well in the playoffs as well something Joe Harris can't uh, say for himself when, when Miami Heat were there not last, this season but the season before rumors are that if Miami may he's restricted so basically Miami could match any offers but again, they have their sets eyes set on Lowry potentially. So that could be difficult financially. Maybe you sign Lowry first and then you can go over the cap with Duncan Robinson. A lot of people think he could sign $25 million a year. That's the rumour, 20 to 25. So starting off from Miami's point of view, would you match $25 million a year or would you let someone like that walk? I think in the ideal world, you do exactly what you just said. You sign your key free agent, whoever that may be, and then you re-sign Duncan Robinson over the cap space because he is a fantastic shooter. There's yeah. no doubt about it. He is so, so good, and he's not afraid to shoot it. Literally, whenever the ball is in his hands, he is ready to shoot. Um, yeah. if, he, if he can improve defensively, which I think he's going to over the next few years, he's going to get bigger, he's going to get stronger, he's going to go know where to be and how to play certain people, um, then he is going to be pivotal for any team that picks him up so I think it is worth potentially taking a punt on him and and signing kind of 20 to 25 million over and and lock him up long term yeah I agree I think that yeah it's tough for them but I think that's what I would be trying to do as well Uh, in terms of contracts Joe Harris signed a four-year 75 million dollar deal and Davis Bertans who at the time was one of the best three-point shooters in the league, not quite anymore, but he signed a five-year, $18 million deal. So I really think out of those three players, very specific shooters that we're talking about here, that Duncan Robinson will sign the highest. I think as the leagues move forward, it's more about three-point shooting. He, he did it well in the finals, apart from the last game. He shot incredibly well when they were in the finals. So I do think he can get the most out of all those. And if, as a Mavs fan, if Hardaway Jr. walked, I would offer him $20 million a year, uh, yeah. Duncan Robinson, I think. I just think... Shooting so valuable if you've got a good point guard that creates open shots like loads of teams have nowadays. Uh, but I agree with you. I'd be matching if I was Miami. And if I was a team like the Knicks, I would be offering them an absolute wedge to come play with RJ Barrett and players like that who really can't, and Julius Randle who can't shoot that well. 
I just think this is the exact player you should be offering your cap space to. Similar to OKC, I don't think he would choose to go there, but I think OKC and the Spurs have got a lot of money as well. Um, and I think maybe the Knicks or Spurs could offer him a huge amount of money. And then again, as a player, you've got to judge that, haven't you? And be like, right, I know I want to win the title, but I've just been offered five years for 100 million from the Knicks to play in New York and get all the royalties that come there. And that could be a yeah. decision you then you then make, couldn't it? But uh, And then if someone signs him for 25 million a year, it's up to Miami to match it. Again, they can match any deal these people do, but I think you've got to overpay just to make Miami kind of second guess it if you're a team that wants him. Um, but I agree with you. I think maybe he could end up in, in Miami at, at 20, 22 and a half million a year, potentially. We'll, we'll see. But I think the Knicks should should just overpay him, to be honest. I think he'd be perfect for, for them. Uh, cool. We've got three more players on this list. Next one, another restricted guy. So John Collins um, of the Atlanta Hawks. He, obviously, Hawks have Clint Capella. They have Kongwu, who was amazing in the playoffs last year. They have Cam Reddish, who was good before he got injured. And then they have Hunter, who they really missed as well when he went down in the playoffs. So they have a lot of players that are not quite John Collins, but similar. Uh, a lot of people think John Collins is only a rim runner, but I think he shoots 36% from three, from spot-up threes at least. So he's a good three-point shooter. He's a pretty good defender. He's a good offensive rebounder. Not quite as good defensive rebounder. But again, similar to the Heat, if, if you're the Hawks, do you think you match this deal with, with obviously Trey Young's contract coming up as well? Or do you think that if someone pays him 20-plus a year and you've got all these forwards, do you think you, this is the forward you decide to let leave? I think so, um, because he's going to warrant a lot of money coming through this year. And I don't know, like you've listed already, with the assets that um, the Hawks have already, which piece are they going to be willing to give up? And I think he is probably going to be wanting a big contract as well. And I don't know how willing the Hawks are going to be to kind of match that. Um, with the roster that they have. So yeah. I think potentially he's the one you let go and re-sign as many of the others as possible. Yeah, and just a little bit more detail about his contract situation. So in the, with the modern day NBA, everyone talks about maxes and they think people can get 40 million. But that only happens if you're an all-star or if you're all NBA. A player like John Collins, his max contract is actually worth $27.9 million. So... And there's a lot of rumours that he's asking for 25 a year. So there's a chance someone could actually offer him the full max for him just because it's only 3 million more a year uh, just to try and put the Hawks off. And it would yeah. not shock, shock me if someone did do 25 to, to the max because, like I said, the max is only 28. So if spread that over five years, that's only 20-odd million extra for five years. It's not as bad as if you're offering someone a max when it's 40 million a year. So I think I agree with you. I think the Hawks are going to want to keep him. I think someone else is going to offer him a deal that's too big and then when they offer him that big deal that's too big if they can't work out a sign and trade again I do just think that they're going to have to let him leave um, again the Mavs linked heavily the Knicks linked pretty heavily I don't think the Knicks makes too much sense with Julius Randle there but I would love to see him in, in Dallas uh, but I just don't know it's a, it's a tricky one to know what team could actually fit him in again maybe the Hornets or another Hornets, team Hornets the one that comes to mind for me yeah not quite a centre like Sean Holmes, but can definitely play small ball five at times. He can be the four man with a mellow ball. Pick and roll offence would be pretty good. So, yeah, maybe the Hornets uh, are an interesting one. Or I do wonder if the Grizzlies will try and do something. You know, they've got 22 million in space. They're going to trade Bledsoe, which gets them more. And I wonder if the Grizzlies could say, OK, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jar Morant and, and um, Collins. Collins, yeah, which, which was interesting. But, yeah. I agree with you though. I just think I don't think he'll stay in the Hawks. I think that he'll get paid too much money. Um, would you be scared to pay him twenty five a year? Because I think a lot of people, for a player like that, he's not the most well known to the average NBA fan. I think they would kind of gasp at twenty five million. But that seems to be the modern day NBA. And when he played so well in the playoffs, didn't he at times? Yeah. Again, it, it depends who I am and, and what I'm missing as as a team. If if you've got that kind of gaping hole in your centre power forward. He's a fantastic option to have in there. He's got room to develop. He's still very young. He's only 24. You might take a kind of a punt on him being your defensive cornerstone, your big cornerstone. Um, for example, if you're a Hornet or, or somebody looking for that kind of role. Um, but I mean, if if you've got some half decent power forwards and centers, you're not going to be stretching to 25 for him to come and kind of play for you. I, I wouldn't think 
Uh, he is a fantastic player, but I don't think he's quite fully polished to, to warrant twenty-seven million a year. Yeah, John Hondred says he's he probably won't quite get the max. Um, and the final kind of nugget on this one is, like I said, the Spurs have got nearly fifty million in space. They have to use that on someone. So is he the sort of player that they could offer a huge deal to? Maybe. I think he fits the culture well. You know, hardworking, good defender, role player, communicates well. Seems like a winner in the playoffs. He was very motivated. Um, obviously, he had that issue with Trey Young when he called out Trey Young for not passing to his teammates enough. So he seems like quite a good team guy. So I do wonder if this is the player that the Spurs could actually throw a load of money at. Because they're, they're going to have to pay someone. You, you literally are not allowed to have a certain amount of your cap left. You have to you have to sign someone. So we'll see if it's uh, John Collins. Uh, that leads on to our next restricted free agent. So Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans. Again, he's another player that they can match the contract of. Um, apparently, there's rumours from the Lakers, funny enough. Rumours from the Clippers, rumours from the Bulls. And rumours from the Mavs. I've said that about every single one with the Mavs, which I find uh, quite funny. And then the final one, apparently Zach Lowe reported there has been an offer of a signing trade for Lonzo Ball and Malcolm Brogdon of the Pacers, where the Pacers are trying to get a bit younger, a bit more athletic, and maybe Malcolm Brogdon could go to the Pelicans the other way, which I find interesting. Uh, in terms of Lonzo Ball, mate, what kind of type of contract would you be getting? I know rumours are 20 to 25 again. Uh, obviously he's only 23 as well shot the ball from three really well for the last two years um, and a lot of teams seem very very interested in him so what are your thoughts on Lonzo Ball and would you match any offer if you were the Pelicans or would you have the similar view that oh, I don't want to waste too much money I think they'd be more likely to match than uh, not because he is kind of what they need like I said he shot, shot the ball well from three, so they're spreading the floor, making room for Zion. He's a great passer, so again, getting the ball into their big centre and if they can keep hold of Brandon Ingram as well, see if they can sort out their best way of playing with each other. Um, but for me, for whatever reason, I'm just in my head, he's going to the Knicks. That's <laughs> just all I've thought the past, the, the full of this season, knowing his contract was coming to an end. I just think the Knicks are going to take a real big punt on him. Yeah, I like that. That interests me. Um, well, I can't say him for the Mavs. That's who I want them to sign, by the way. I don't Over Conley, I'd want them to sign Ball, but I think it will be, be Conley. So if I can't say it's going to be the Mavs, I agree with you. I think the Knicks are right up there. And I do think if Kyle Lowry turns down the Pelicans, they could match any offer because rumours are he is very close to Zion. So I agree. I think I'm going to go Knicks if they go absolutely crazy. Um, but if they don't and they only offer like 20 million, so offer him like 20, uh, sorry, 100 for five, I think maybe then the Pelicans could potentially match. But uh, we'll see. There's been other rumours as well. There's that Pacers signing trade and there's another Dinwiddie Nets signing trade because um, obviously the Nets could re-sign Dinwiddie and go over the cap again even more and then just swap him for Ball for the same contract, which is interesting. Uh, I do wonder if that's something. I wouldn't do that if I was the Pelicans, to be honest. I think I'd rather just have the cap space. But... Um, all these sort of things come into people's heads. So yeah, maybe Lonzo to the Knicks for Ben, which I think that's a good good plan. And the last one then that could get more than you think uh, is unrestricted. It's Demar Derozan. Uh, so he's only one of seventeen players, Ben, to average twenty points and five assists per game uh, with a very with a over average true shooting percentage. And he was third in the whole NBA in clutch scoring last year. So he actually had a very very good career. He had a, a very good season. He had like six game winners last year. One against the Mavs as well. One against the Lakers. So I think he's better than people think. He, he wants to leave the Spurs. I know there's rumours that he'd love to team up with De, uh, with uh, Lowry, but that seems impossible to me because nowhere has enough cap space to be able to sign both of them, apart from maybe the Knicks, but I can't really can't see that happening. So DeMar DeRozan, a bit of a veteran player, uh, going to command a lot of money. What sort of team do you see uh, DeMar DeRozan looking to, to try and sign for? It's all down to him. Um, would he take a smaller amount of money to go to a proper contender? Or does he still want a decent amount of money and, I don't know, maybe go to more of a, a middling team? I, difficult difficult to say because the, the biggest rumour I keep hearing is him going to the Lakers. Um, he's from LA as well, isn't he? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's definitely a big pull for him there. Um, playing with LeBron and AD, they, they would definitely be a championship contender with him on their team. Um, I mean, that'd be a sign and trade again, though, wouldn't it? With uh, yeah, 
Kuzma and KCP probably. Um, and I mean, do the Spurs want either of those? Probably not. Probably not KCP. Uh, yeah. The Mavericks again is another great option just to take the pressure off Luca in terms of scoring. He he would be great, and, and maybe picking up some of that rebounding slack because he's been very good at that. He's all he's played there, small ball power forward occasionally on that Spurs team when they've been very injured. Yeah. Um, and he'd be a bit cheaper as well when the other other lead guards in this conversation. I think he'd be the cheapest that we've discussed probably. Yeah, which seems crazy after given the. You know, he hasn't really had a career drop off yet. It's just he's because he's not a pretty player. He doesn't have that three ball, but he's so consistent in the mid range and getting close to the basket. Um, he seems to not be in the in the limelight anymore. But it, it, if you're a team with the cap space, you, you and you need a, a shooting guard, sort of small forward, then you'd definitely take a punt on him. Three years, a player option. 20 plus I, I definitely would yeah I think some uh, big teams are going to be desperate for a, a sign and trade with him but we'll see what they can uh, pull off I, I like him as well I don't think I'd like him at the Mavs as much to be honest just because he can't shoot the three but I think if you're a team that's already got a couple of stars or one star and a, and a good scorer I think he could really uh, add to a, a roster so I think he could be one that maybe waits it out to see the best fit for him uh, and also to see maybe if this, they can do a sign and trade because he, he is from LA, but the Clippers are there as well, you know. And they've got, uh, I think Pat Bev's a big, uh, big contract. They've got Morris they could do. Um, they've got Reggie Jackson potentially in a sign and trade. So I think the Clippers are another one that maybe could try and force something with uh, DeRozan as well as uh, the Lakers. Maybe they'll be battling out with each other like they've done with a couple of uh, yeah. free agents recently. We'll see. Uh, well, that leads on to our last category then. So this is free agent sleepers. Players that are uh, towards the bottom, I guess, but I think will either star or contribute heavily to a uh, to a roster on the NBA. This time, we're going to name the player. We're going to say how much we think on average they could get per year, and then uh, either a team or a couple of teams that we think could be uh, interested in them. So a bit more of a quick fire round. I'll kick us off with the first one. That's Doug McDermott, 41% shooter from three-point over the last six seasons. Kind of like a poor man's Duncan Robinson, to be honest. Uh, Pacers a little bit capped out, so he may leave. I think he's the exact sort of player that should be trying to sign for some sort of contender uh, to try and be like their three-point shooting specialist. He's also loved his time in New York, which is another one. So I think, for me, I think he would be welcome to the Knicks, or I do think that uh, the Grizzlies or Raptors could offer him a, a deal as well if they want to try and uh, be a playoff team. What are your thoughts on Doug McDermott? Yeah, I like that to the Grizzlies, just to help spread the floor, give Ja Morant more room to work inside. Um, he's still fairly young, like he, he could fit that timeline for them. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I can see play, uh, teams offering him kind of maybe 10 to 12. Yeah, 10 to 12, that's what I thought, yeah. <clears throat> um, so he's definitely been picked up by... I would say one of those middle band up to cont uh, contender teams. Cool. Next we have Danny Green. Uh, my opinion, he is going to be a one year signing. I think that makes perfect sense to him to, to try and go somewhere. Or I think Philadelphia would include him in a deal. So if I had to guess, I think if he signed a deal, it'll be whatever matches the other team's salary reasons, to be honest. So I think he could be used in a sign and trade to go back to Toronto. So again, you're probably looking at between eight and 14 million however that works out financially but i think if he had his choice he'd sign a one-year deal but maybe they could talk him into being involved with a signing trade with the raptors for, for kyle Lowry. but yeah i can't see anyone paying him more than that 10 10 12 range uh not his age now I, i'd even perhaps go lower i think personally he's worth like a six or seven million but they will do whatever's needed i think you're right at sign and trade Next player we have on the list is a Cleveland Cavalier, Jarrett <laughs> Allen from the Nets. Uh, you'll probably be better placed than, than me, to be honest. Uh, are Cleveland going to offer him a wedge to stay? Because for me, he was a hard player to work out, and all I could picture was that he has to stay in Cleveland and they pay him a lot of money. That's that's all I could get from this. But what are your views on Jarrett Allen? Do you think he'll stay, uh, stay in Cleveland? This is a really tough one because he fits the team's sort of timeline. He's a young, up-and-coming centre. He's going to be really really good as well going forward 
But depending on what they can get in the draft this year, do they keep him? That's the big question, I think. If if they can sort of um, maybe draft a really good sort of power forward or centre this year, then perhaps they let him go. But the rumours seem to be the Cavs are... Evan Mobley, yeah. Yeah, or thinking, again, at the sign and trade. Um, so I think he probably goes. Yeah, well, Sham Sharani has said there's mutual interest between Jarrett Allen and the Cavaliers on a new deal. However, the Toronto Raptors are expected to be strong suitors for the free agent to play centre for them. So I think that makes sense. I think the Raptors versus the Cavs in a battle to sign Allen is the perfect, perfect story, yeah. to be honest. And I think that the Cavs are going to sign uh, draft Mobley in the draft tomorrow night. He's a power forward, but he is very lean power forward. He could play three sometimes, but yeah, he's more of a four. He's definitely not a five right now. I think him and Allen will be good together as well, to be honest. So I don't think what happens in the draft will impact that decision. I think what happens is if the Raptors pay him more money, then he'll just go to the Raptors. I think those two could battle it out for him quite nicely. I think, I think the, the biggest thing for the Cavs, they need to get rid of Love and then they can feel a lot better about offering Jarrett Allen a bit more money. I honestly don't know anyone that would take Kevin Love. That's not OKC. And that he'll just be bad for them as well, I think. Yeah. He's so bad in those games for USA. He actually was better off not playing for USA and just kind of being in the wilderness a bit and nobody knowing if he still got it or not and then trying to get a trade. I think the fact everyone's seen him and then he said, I'm still recovering from a calf injury, which is a year old now, and it's a calf injury. I think people are like, well, this is a bit, a bit of a weird story now. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's what they should do. They should get rid of him and, and then offer. And they're probably going to get rid of Sexton as well. So, um, they'll get rid of Sexton and Love and then they can offer Allen a, a big contract to stay potentially uh, so three more names on the list then I'm going to start with a Mav now after a Cav just to carry on with our Mavs Cavs obsession Lovely. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr so he's got bird rights for 28 million which basically means uh, the Mavs well they have the 20 million on their books until he signs somewhere else um, rumours are they want to re-keep him they want to re-sign him sorry they want to sign a guard and they want to keep Hardaway to play the three. So that's their plan. A lot of rumours again circling that he could want 2025. However, I think there's so many guards available, you'll be able to get Tim Hardaway in Dallas, because he loves Dallas, with no tax, I think for 15 to, to 18 million a year. And they'll probably ask him, sorry, he'll probably ask them to offer him a long deal in terms of number of years, just so he can be a bit comfortable after a couple of trades in his life. So I think he stays in Dallas. But yeah, it wouldn't shock me if someone like the Heat offered him a big deal. No, I completely agree. I think he's going to get some crazy deals coming at him. But with the team he's on and the money they can offer him, plus the new signing coming in, I think he stays on a four-year deal. Yeah, I do think if they can't get a guard in as well, they've got even more money, so they can just pay him They can pay him even more and just wait till next season to sign someone and they're going to have to almost run it back with the same roster. So I think that's the chance. Um, two names left then. Gary Trent Jr. was one that interests me. Uh, obviously had the trade from Portland to the Raptors. Apparently the Raptors want to keep him, but other teams want to make him a big offer. But I think he could stay in Toronto for a much bigger deal than people think, especially if they move Siakam. So I think I, he could stay in Toronto again for uh, 10 to 14 million to be a 3 and D wing for Toronto, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think he stays in Toronto as well. He's played really well since being there. I think him and Van Vliet will, will kind of work really well together there and, and then add in whatever sort of pieces you've got around you then. Especially, like you said, if they get rid of Siakam and Kyle Lowry, that gives them a lot of wiggle room going forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think you like the fact that they showed him a lot of uh, respect with the trade. They played him a lot of minutes um, and he seems to like Toronto uh, as a franchise. So I think he, he may want to stay. And that leads to the last name on the list. And I left him on here because he's the killer of Team USA in the Olympic basketball. Uh, it's Evan Fournier, man. A player that I think Boston, due to the trade, uh, I think they can match his deal. Well, they've got his bird right, so they can offer him the most, maybe. They haven't got hardly any other way to generate any players. Um, but I do think a couple of teams are going to overpay him. But again, I left those two at the end because I think the Boston Celtics overpay Fournier. Maybe they try and trade him in the future, but... The aim is to just don't let these assets leave for free. So I think Boston overpay for when you to stay. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think they need everything they can get in terms of 
of, of Boston now, especially after um, Kemba going. They need players to sort of take the heat off of Tatum um, and Brown and Fournier, the way he's played, I think they can really maybe see more of a role for him in, in Boston. And I think you're right, his stock's gone up. Teams are going to be offering him a lot of money and he's going to get overpaid, um, maybe on a three-year deal or something. Um, but uh, I, I think he stays in Boston as well. Nice, we're, we're lockstep on those last two then. Uh, and that is the end of our free agency special. So many more players that, that we could talk about, but uh, on average, there'll be over 100 odd players. I think it's like 160 players that could move teams in a summer. So we have no time to talk about every single one of those. So that's kind of our, our key players there. Uh, again, this is recorded before the draft. So everyone enjoy the draft. I know it starts 1 a.m. I think uh, our time and it'll be a late night for any of those draft fans. But I think if you're a bad team, draft night is pretty much your your NBA finals, to be honest. So that should be fun. Uh, free agency again starts on Monday. I think I have a 11 or 12 our time that signings will be released. Uh, and then on Wednesday, they'll be officially confirmed that we all know when Monday comes, every single signing will be announced within about 20 minutes. So uh, that will be interesting. Ben, any final sign off going into draft night and pre agency for the, for the guys? Just enjoy the madness. Yeah, it is madness. Uh, and also, uh, sneak off the toilet as much as you can to check your phone because I know your, your, your missus and, and your partners are going to be annoyed about how many notifications you're getting. So you've got to sneak off, check the news, check Woj's Twitter as much as you can uh, and enjoy the madness, yeah, because the next week or so is going to be uh, is going to be nuts. But that's all from us. Uh, go follow us at underscore Hardwood Hoops. Uh, we'll have a post-draft episode coming with CJ Marsani where we're going to grade the draft picks. Me and Ben will be back after free agency to talk about our favourite and least favourite signings. And have a good week, people. We'll speak to you soon.